0: Hello and welcome to the Get French Football News preview show. I'm your host, Lewis McParlin, and in this episode we'll be looking ahead to a selection of the seven matches due to be played on the weekend beginning the 24th of August. The three matches, including Marseille, Nice, Lyon, Montpellier, Lille and Saint-Étienne, that will be played early next week, will be covered by Pierre-Paul Birmingham and the gang on Tuesday's news show. So if you came here to hear abuse about Marseille, you've come to the wrong place. Today, I'm joined once again by Thomas Wiseman, GFFN's favourite Andrzej fan. Thomas, did your team even even play the weekend? I'm not sure I caught the score for that one.
1: Yeah, we did play, but it wasn't uh, it was it wasn't great. It wasn't <laughs> great.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was fun to watch back the uh, the highlights yeah, of that probably one. Probably uh, not as well,
1: just, well, but yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll actually be covering J's hosting of Mets later on in the programme. So, you know, get a cup of tea for that one. It's going to be good. My other guest also comes off the back of his team losing at the weekend. Philip Bargiel is a PSG season ticket holder, but he might be asking for a refund on his season ticket soon if results don't improve. We're going to cover Paris later on in the programme, but Philip, if you could sum up PSG's result at the weekend in just two words, what would they be? Eduardo (laughs) Camavinga. Yeah, I fully agree with you on that, actually. Uh, there were a few other standout results last week as Nice battled to a second consecutive win in the league over Nîmes and Amiens shopped 10-man Lille with a 1-0 victory at the Stade de Lillecon. Bordeaux got their first point of the season against Montpellier and Brest almost got the better of Sante, but it's Monaco that we first want to talk about. Les Monegasques suffered their second 3-0 defeat of the season last week as they travelled back from Metz battered and bruised. Philippe. How would you sum up the first few weeks of Monaco's season?
2: There's been a lot of um, experts um, sharing all their all their uh, analysis on um, on those first few games, and well, the analysis mustn't be very very sour because you've only had two games, but it basically shows basically shows you that Monaco are not that different from last season, and that uh, last season was not. Was not an exception, but was the norm uh, for for what is about to come. So I've been listening to a few people talking about it, and uh, basically the whole the general idea is that Monaco's midfield is too weak, and uh, in in Liga you really do need uh, a very strong midfield, and um, and that they haven't really bought anyone uh, that it, that uh, addresses it, this issue and uh even though they, 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 they did buy they did buy some uh, a very uh, a very capable uh center forward in Wissem Ben Yedder, I mean uh, he, he's proven he's uh his front French, French international very very good but uh yeah it, it it shows it lacks uh lots of organization uh Jardim is under fire from a lot of people um don't know if uh, anyone saw uh Romain Molina an expert on Football in general, very good, uh, very good uh, podcaster as well, who uh, who posts his videos on YouTube, basically saying that uh, the uh, a lot of people don't like him. I mean, Jardim, not Mourinho. Know? Um, a lot <laughs> of people don't like him. They I mean, especially the youngsters. And uh, basically, Monaco's whole strategy is to buy young players, hoping they turn good and sell them for millions. And if those kids don't like the manager well i don't see how it can i can work so i honestly don't I'm, I'm honestly not that optimistic for for monaco it's uh, it's quite worrying really
0: yeah, I mean, if you do look at their transfers this season, it does feel a bit like they're just papering over the cracks in some ways. I mean, the additions of, of Aguilar and Lecomte should be good, but even early on in the week, Aguilar got sent off against Metz and Comte made a horrible mistake against Depay. It seems that even though they may be bringing in solid, proven players, they're just seeming to catch a bit of this Monaco syndrome that just turns them into players' half their ability. If you had to look at things purely on the pitch, so not not what's happened upstairs that you can maybe blame some of the issues on, who would you say is to blame more, Leonardo Jardim or the players?
2: Uh, I, w- I would say uh, probably Jardim, because he did have all summer to buy, to buy some able players, and he hasn't done it. So... Maybe that's 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 an easy, that's an easy uh, tackle to uh, to the manager, but uh, usually the manager is always uh, responsible for the bad results he usually gets a sack. but uh, um, yeah, I want to say it's really not that easy to uh, to come back from such a from such a quality side and uh, replace someone like Fabinho. i mean Bacayos has basically been found out as not as good as we, we, we thought he was uh, when Fabinho wasn't uh, wasn't playing next to him. Mm-hmm. So it, it, I mean, it it not be easy. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to be in 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 whoever's in charge of a, a recruitment. Uh, I, I don't really remember his name um, at uh, at Monaco. So I want to say, yeah, Jardim and, and the board basically the board generally because it's it's a bit too easy to to point fingers at Jardim. Thomas, do you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Really, it's just been an utter mess. Um, at Monaco. I think like you said about the midfield, they've just got nobody there's no there's no real um physical presence in midfield, there's no real steel, That's why I think Jardim's tried to put Jemison in the field. Um it hasn't really worked. Looks like the the um Bonassa, I hate Bonassa's um leaving to go to Bordeaux and he was the only real when when Henri was um at the helm, he was the only player that well one of the few players that actually didn't disgrace themselves. Um, during that period, uh, he's he's only twenty, twenty two, twenty three. Really talented player, but Jardim doesn't doesn't really um, like him that much. And you know, Jardim says he doesn't like him, so he's not going to play him. And it looks like he'll he'll be leaving. Um, it's a big mess, really, and uh, it's really worrying for, for Monaco. Yeah, the situation
0: with with Jardim. I mean. Obviously, last season was a peculiar one with him being, you know, pushed away from the club, then brought back in. Does it seem that, you know, in, in the second stint that he's come back? I know that he was almost linked with a move to China at some point. Do you think he's kind of got one eye on that? He's he's a bit maybe not putting his all into this job at the moment, or do you think he kind of doesn't see his long term future at the club, Thomas?
1: Yeah, I think. Um... You mentioned Phil about the interview. Did did mention that on on the interview, didn't they? About Jardim sort of being very money orientated. Is that right?
2: Yeah, that's what uh, I mean. That that's what he said. That's what he said. Um, yeah, to, Just just to quote him. But it, I mean, he's he's usually right about uh, about things. I mean, he, he doesn't uh, he doesn't just uh, just invent stuff so that mm-hmm. uh, he, he can make himself popular. So uh, I mean, I take his word for it. I take his word for it that. Uh, that uh, Jardim, what what he said it was along was along the lines of, it was along the lines of um, of uh, it's it's all it's all about it's all about the money, and um, and that uh, he, he was hoping for something in China or something like that, and that uh, he doesn't to, to, to him it to him it's more about getting getting a decent wage and getting a decent result or something like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you look Something
2: at... Something quite negative, really, especially for yeah. for youngsters who just want to play football. Yeah,
0: definitely. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you look at their, their signings now, it doesn't really seem as if there's much of a plan with it. I mean, the players that they have run, yeah, other teams, they have really showed their quality, like Wissam Ben Yedder, who you mentioned, Islam Slimani, who just signed today, and also Onyukuru, who who scored 14 goals, I believe, last season in Turkey on loan from Everton. I mean, it's not like these guys are bad players. Uh, These strikers aren't bad players, but it's just like no one's putting the ball on a plate for them. I mean, you've got a player like Falcao. I know he's not came back to the team yet through injury, but he scored 15 last season, but it doesn't seem like even he could score in this team right now. Not enough chances of real quality are being created. So it's like, where where do they go from here? What's the answer? What, what should they do? Just, do you just put everything in youth like they tried for a little bit last season? Or do you just play all your guys who are over 25 who have been there and done that? What do you think they should do, Philip?
2: Uh, by, a, by, a professional, by a professional midfielder, um uh physic, physical, physical midfielder. That's what they. That's what they should do. Uh, and uh, there was talk also of uh, the training sessions being extremely light, certainly from a physical point of view. So that
1: may have something to sort, do with so, it. Yeah, you can see that in the first two games. They just look really, yeah, really. They, they
2: just, they just look. They just look like. Uh, I don't know. It's a, a bit like like if it was a reserve side playing against seniors or something. yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 It's. It's extremely worrying. I mean, I I don't have a, a magic wand and the answer. But it ex- it is extremely worrying.
0: I mean, especially in a game when they're playing the newly promoted side and Mets, like they should be walking that game, even if it's not through their their fitness, their their shield, their shield, like technicality, ability, quality, quality. Yeah. yeah, it should come through in this match, but it just didn't. Um I took a bit more of a specific look at the team and I was going through like the ages of some of the players and I saw that only four players in the starting eleven against Mets were aged between twenty-six and thirty. You know, that that real key part of your career when you should be coming into your into your mm-hmm. prime. Does it seem as if that mix of that blend of experience and youth just isn't there anymore, or at least to a high enough quality? Because if we look at the Monaco team that won the league a couple of years ago, you know, you do have your older players like your Subasiches and your Glicks, but you've also got your Mbappes and your Lamar and your Bakayoko, younger players who also brought a lot and to being the squad. A- yeah, the, the list goes on. You could, you could name so yeah. many of them. But cool. it just it just seems like that, that quality of player, like it's, it's simply the quality of player just isn't there anymore, Thomas.
1: Yeah, it's, the, the age gap is it's quite radical. You've got players that were, were in their prime and, and performing really well in that season and that are now have regressed and, and got older slightly. And you've got young players that are far too young to be starting You know, um, the majority of games, and there's not really much um, in between.
0: Yeah, it definitely seems as if there's like a, a gap to be bridged, but it doesn't look as if that's going to happen. Let's talk about their opponents for this one. So, Neem have also lost their their opening games, both their opening games are on and are on zero points at the moment. Is their situation as bad as Monaco's? Though you know, though it doesn't seem as if they're in, in as such of a calamitous position. What do you think about this, Thomas?
1: Uh, I- I think they've given a good run for it. Really, uh, it, the, these, this game is is sort of the clash of the um, sort of the most the messiest teams in going for the league. Yeah, yeah, the league in the moment. Um, the name have lost the majority of their starting lineup from last season. Um, well, pretty much half of them are going to Angers. Uh,
2: <laughs>
1: but yeah, they, they um, their sporting director um, Bossier. Uh, had left uh, less probably just over a month back um, and it was reported that he couldn't really work with the president much longer um, but he was saying it was it was to do with he wanted to spend some more time with his family um, and his children and he's he's now, I think it, was, it looks like he's going to sign back onto the club um, but <laughs> it'll be a bit of a, a change since he left because they did have quite a few players there that he knew but all them players have now been shipped out to uh, to different clubs, uh, it looks completely different side, and Nîmes are, are all over the place. They've signed um, some interesting, promising players. Um, Lamine Fomba, they signed from uh, Auxerre, and the second division. He's a, he's quite a promising sort of box-to-box defensive midfielder. Somebody I, I was looking to see uh, uh, play at Angers, but um, he's a strong defender. Still raw, you know. His passing isn't. Um, he still wants to work on his passing and keeping all the ball but something to keep an eye on is four million euros for him and uh i think luca doe is uh it looks like he's coming in um from uh, he's he's experienced uh league and midfielder with with gangon of course yeah um so that that's they're, they're sort of trying to bring in some some experience and some some good players so hopefully you you think blackhawk could maybe maybe gel them together but i do worry for for neem
0: yeah, they are bringing in this experience, but if they do keep losing their players that are the younger players like Sada Tube, they're also potentially losing Antonin Babichon. He's going to your club on isn't he?
1: Yeah, he is, yeah. Um he's yeah, it's I'm just impressed by it really. It's not not much, I think one and a half million euros. Yeah. Um, young young player. Uh it was reported that was, his salary is on a name's four I think it was four and a half thousand euros a month which is crazy to think of (laughs) so i I can see why he's sort of rejecting his contract offers
0: yeah
1: um but uh another player that was that was good for them last season uh and another one they've lost really
0: that's hilarious because it's not very often that a player goes to on to get a pay rise
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that is very true yeah
0: philip do you think that they can they can kind of prove themselves in this game i mean Nîmes against monaco the three points are there to be won aren't they it's no one really has much to lose they've kind of just got to give it their all in this match don't they
2: if if i may say something about this whole boissier situation it's which is absolutely hilarious when when you uh, when you look in, in france as a whole it's so so typical of the south of france where people are extremely uh, uh, well do do things without without really thinking about the about the consequences where boissier says Okay, I've done this. I've done that. I've done everything there is to do at Nîmes, and I'm I'm sure he has. And then a a couple of of, what a month and a half later, say he 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 can't so we can't stand the the chairman. And then a month and a a half later, he comes back. It's just (laughs) it's just quite you know it's just quite uh, quite funny, and I think that's incredible news for the club, and that while Nîmes did lose their opening two games, the first one was against PSG. I mean. We are still a decent side. Yeah, on the <laughs> on our, on our day. Yeah, yeah. Uh, once, <laughs> uh, once every two weeks uh, for, <laughs> so far. Uh, it's still not that easy to take points from us at the Parc des Princes. So losing 3 at our place not the end of the world. Honestly, I think a lot of a lot of a lot of sides uh, will uh, will have to, will suffer the same fate. I'm really I'm really, uh, I'm really uh, crossing my fingers right now. And uh, you've got uh, last um, last weekend's result was a home defeat versus Nice, which saw loads of cards, loads of uh, loads of, loads of drama. I mean, uh, uh, drama everywhere. And honestly, I I am not as worried for him as I would be for, for Monaco. You um, Thomas mentioned Lucado. That's typically the type of um, the, the type of player that uh, Monaco don't have. And uh, you know, a crafty uh, midfielder who will who will fight for every ball. So that's pretty. I mean, honestly, I was quite um, uh, what's uh, worried about uh, about Nîmes not doing too well this season because I saw that they sold all their best players and they didn't buy anyone. But they still got loads of people who are out of contracts and they still got a few loanees that were pretty good. Pretty, I mean, quality, legal quality. Yeah. So I'm I'm going. Yeah, I would I would. Have less concern for Nîmes because, of course, and, and with uh, Boissier returning, it's a guy who knows the club, who uh, who put, basically put the club on uh, back in in the big time. Somewhat twenty years later, it's I mean, it, it really is it really is very very good news. And maybe the chairman said, okay, well, I, actually, I you may you, you may be getting on my nose, but I do need you after all. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I have to say I'm actually quite a bit more positive for Nîmes than I am for Monaco. The only thing for this match is that in the, in Nîmes' last match against Nice, both Pablo Martinez and Anthony Branson both got sent off, you know, both their centre-backs. So it means that it will Starting be backs, a, yeah. a bit of a new-look defence to play against that. And the players on the wing, like Sofiane Alcouche and Florian Miguel, are, are slightly more attacking full-backs. So I feel they might just be caught out with that, I think if it was a full Nîmes team and it's a full Monaco team or kind of Monaco team, if they can get their injuries sorted, I would still back Nîmes. but I'm just a bit worried with these two key players going to be out for this. So, what's your score predictions, Thomas? I'll come to you first.
1: Um, for Monaco, I think they'd look just to keep 11 men on the pitch, that could be an improvement, really. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, I do worry uh, about about Neib losing both their starting centre backs. Uh, I'm not sure who they've actually got to uh, to replace. luick uh,
0: Landre could probably play.
1: Oh, Landre! Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. I actually, quite like uh, Landre as well. Uh, but it could be a pretty crazy game because both both defenders are a bit of a mess. So I'm probably going for a uh, go for a three-two Monaco win. I think three-two <laughs> well, win to anybody really.
0: Philip? Uh, 2-0 to Nîmes. Yeah, I'm I'm saying Nîmes will probably win as well. I think it'll be 2-1 Nîmes. I just don't see enough in this Monaco side. And I just think Monaco could play a boys club team at the moment and still manage to lose. So, yeah, I'm going to say 2-1 to Nîmes for that one. Although I do think Monaco will score. I think they'll get their first goal of the season. Uh, Let's move on to Paris Saint-Germain versus Toulouse. Philip, my first question for this is... This Rennes defeat is that just very typical of PSG this year?
2: No, I think uh, I think people are are, um, are playing down the, the Rennes spot in that in that victory rather than um, uh, pointing figures. I mean, uh, the whole performance was not very good, but uh, you got you got some real quality in that Rennes side, and uh, they they're not they're, they're quite hard to play at home. Uh, it's you know the defeat is n- is never good, but I really don't mind this one so early in in the season. Looks like uh, Lyon Lyon are, are up for it with uh, what was you know winning uh, winning six 0 for the first time in in three years. Uh, great start to the season for them, so giving them a, a head start. So shall, shall we say not too bad for the uh, for the leagues. Um, uh, interest especially at the top. Um, however, you know you can't you can't you can't say that uh, that defeat was uh, it's uh, it's okay to to lose terrain And of course, you know uh, uh, the club would be fun. we can't we can't really think that way. But uh, I think we were against a very very good side and uh, that we weren't we weren't as up
0: for it as they were. as Simple as that. Will PSG be coming in the transfer market for Eduardo Camavinga soon? You think? I hope so. Otherwise, he'll be going to Barcelona. <laughs> he does look quality I know they talked to this on Tuesday but he just looks like such a good player every yeah. every, every game you've seen of him since he's come into the team just kind of at the tail end of last season he looks like a player that's been in that midfield for, for like five years
2: I mean you were talking about that guy, that guy last week and I thought well I don't really know that guy and looked it up and he had a couple of uh, substitute appearances, and a couple of starts I think he started every single game in May which is the last month of the season uh, so of last
0: season and then I watched that game. And I said, "Oh yeah, that's yeah. He's pretty cool. He's, he's not bad." <laughs> it is not bad. For PSG, do you think they need the Neymar situation just to be cleared up before they can really start, you know, digging their teeth into this season, Philip? I
2: honestly, I honestly don't. I think uh, what uh, should happen, uh, what uh, will happen, will happen, and that uh, you no, know, the players are focused on on their own things and uh I don't I don't see them as uh, disruptive as they as everybody says says they are. So I I, I honestly think that this is a good uh, kick in the backside, so to speak. And that other players will be up for it against Toulouse. I hope so anyway.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about someone who has his money down the drain. Absolutely. Let's talk about someone who is definitely going to be at the club um, for the next few years, which is Alphonse Ariola. He's slightly been given the number one shirt, or metaphorically, this season for PSG. But Thomas, do you think he's the man to take them forward? I mean, he did get quite a lot of abuse for his performance against Rennes.
1: Yeah, he's he's one of these players that's been there for through the past, you know, few years um, through all the. The madness of losing in the Champions League final, um, but he does get a lot of too much criticism, in my opinion. Um, just for, I mean, th- there was after that after the um, Niang scored um, for Ren um, on the weekend, he got so much criticism. That I saw, I, c- I can't really think of any uh, anybody who stops that that kind of strike from Niang. Um, it's very strange. I think it's sort of he's just tainted with the fact that he's been in there all them teams that have that have capitulated. Um, mm. and it might be just that that sort of uh, label on him that, that is the problem for a lot of PSG supporters um to get behind him really.
0: Do you think it's the type of situation with Ariola, if PSG are going to make him the main man this season You know, he's coming to the age of 26, you know, he's he's starting to get to that age where he does need to nail down his position at a club. Do you think PSG are in a situation where they need to just like stick with Areola for the next four years or should they twist and and bring in someone else? I know they were looking at uh, Donnarumma from Milan, but obviously that'll be quite an expensive transfer. What do you think about this, Philip? Do you think they should stick with Areola at the moment or or twist and kind of put their eggs in another basket?
2: I mean, the Donna rumor, Donna rumor, rumor, is is uh, uh, old, isn't it? It's it's dated back from a fortnight. Yeah. And to and to me, it was it was just a rumor. I don't think we even made a bid, or maybe there was interest. And for all we know, it's it's speculation. So I'm I'm perfectly, I'm sure that uh, Thomas Tuchel, uh, trust Ariola, he's going to make him his uh, his number one goalkeeper. He's going to get a lot of flat because he's French, because because we're never happy, because we complain a lot. Uh, but uh, that uh, he'll have his good games and his bad games. He's not a world-class goalkeeper, but he's a solid, solid goalkeeper. And I think that's what we need right now. We just need to to, to trust our to trust our youth uh, and uh, not not be uh, overly critical over each mistake he makes. Goalkeepers make mistakes. That's that's the way it is. I mean, Luis makes mistakes. Noya Noya makes mistakes. Buffon, I mean, you know, big mistakes. Um, so, no, I, I I, honestly, first of all, I want, I want him to, to nail down that uh, number one jersey, and I really want Tuchel to, to come out and say, okay, well, he, he's our goalkeeper for the season, and that's it. However, with our understudy, I have no idea who, who he is. Uh, I know he's Polish. Uh, I have no idea what kind of quality he brings. So the okay. lack of... Of a decent understudy may be a problem, though, because most most big clubs who have Champions League aspirations, Champions League winning aspirations, have two quality goalkeepers. I'm not saying he's not good, but so uh, you know, still still a very young young lad, and um, we just don't know who he is because we've never seen him play.
0: Yeah, is is Martin Bulk isn't it coming from Chelsea that yeah. the, the poll? Uh... A couple things about this move. I'm not going to lie and say I've seen him play every match for, you know, Chelsea under 23s and I, and I know all about his family and everything. But I just know there was quite a bit of buzz coming out of, of Chelsea about the player and they were quite sad when he left. But it also shows, it's uh, this type of player, it also shows that he kind of thinks, oh no, I'm good enough to go and go and play at a team and be a number two as a goalkeeper. You know, he's, he's still young he wasn't just going to sit around at Chelsea at the moment. It's kind of like when Jaden Sancho went to Dortmund, you know, he was sitting in the Manchester City Academy and he was like, oh, I know I'm good enough to go and play for our first team. So he left and he went to Dortmund and look how that's worked out. I think this is the kind of same situation with Bulka and I would like to see a bit of him if it's in maybe the cup competitions or if Ariola gets injured yeah, or something like that. Yeah. yeah, I'm actually quite intrigued to see him and I know he is still quite young, but... That that danger of not having a a, a solid number two might not experience. be much of an issue. It's, yeah, it's, if comes in. Yeah, absolutely. Especially for a goalkeeper playing at a, a club the size of Paris Saint Germain. Do you think that if we should we should see him? We should
2: see a bit of him um, in the Coupe de la Ligue because that's been the club's policy for the last couple of years: is have the number one uh, number one goalkeeper playing the league, Champions League, uh, uh, or the big games in the Champions League and have the understudy playing the Coupe de Ligue.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I quite like that. That's we should see him. Yeah, I'm excited to see him. Do you yeah. think that if PSG don't absolutely just destroy Toulouse at the weekend, more questions will be asked? And do you think they could fall off the pace of, of the league title? Um, what do you think about this, Thomas?
1: Yeah, in the past, Toulouse have been sort of a... Uh, a struggle for psG to get past just looking just looking over the past um, couple of games they've, they've played against them um it's been close one nil uh, wins for PSg um I think it, it's probably a, a bounce back game for them um I don't see toulouse putting up much of a challenge even though they looked um, look fairly uh, uh, fairly impressive. Uh, Against Dijon, but that is Dijon. Um, So I think, yeah, PSG are looking for a bounce back really here and and should uh, dispatch to lose fairly comfortably.
0: Yeah, I think a key man for this Toulouse side, and he was a player that I was quite excited to hear about when he did come to Toulouse. I want to see if I can pronounce this correctly. It's Eftemius Kolouris. He's Greek, so, you know, there's a lot of, of different letters in there. He looks quite a good find, doesn't he? 19 goals last year. He was the top scorer in the Greek top division, and he's already got a goal and assist. Do you like what you've seen of Kolouris so far, Thomas?
1: Yeah, he's... he's um... He was he was well involved in the in the goal that uh, Makengo scored yeah. uh, for Toulouse on the weekend. Um, he just looks like, I mean, Toulouse haven't really had a striker um, that can bag goals for a long time. They had you know, Sonogo and uh, Iseka, but um, Coloris looks like a, a player that hopefully they can um, give him a little bit of more of the a bit more of the goalscoring responsibility that. Um, uh Maxalan uh Gridell has had for the past you know two seasons that has kept them up for 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 both seasons that they've had really. Um and bringing that up, back off Gridel and he's now I think he's, he's getting to his thirties um yeah, it's yeah, a good he's idea to on. lose. Yeah, yeah. Even he's still a good player, but you need to move away eventually and, and I thought Gridell was going to go. Um for, but he looks like he's staying on. And if he did go then I would have real concerns. But it looks like Coloris is, is going to step up.
0: Yeah, I know there was some rumours about him leaving. I mean, he was very much the star man for them last season with 11 goals and five assists. At 31, you know, he's getting on a little bit, but he did really hit his prime last season and was such a key player for Toulouse. They only scored 35 times last season to lose. They did kind of lack that directness. But I think that's what you get with Colouris. He's, he's looks as if he's just going to take the ball and run at you. And, and a lot of defenders, at least in the games that we've seen, didn't really know what to do about that. I mean, his assist from Mckengo's goal was beautiful. And from the right, cut back and then chipped it into kind of the back post for him. It was really good. You said earlier, uh, Thomas, about Toulouse being a bit of a, a tricky team for PSG with some 1-0 victories only for PSG and a 0-0 draw. Philip, do you think that Toulouse have enough about them to maybe even get a win against PSG here?
2: Well, the big problem is that are they adventurous enough to uh, to attack? That's always a big problem when uh, um, when a club comes to the Parc des Princes, especially under the Qutari regime. Um, play play at the back. I'm looking at uh, the past, the formation in um, in the past uh, in the past fixtures. Um adventure was 4-2-3-1 against Dijon. I honestly can't see them playing with five at the back uh, against us, like most most teams do. Or maybe it it just feel like um, it's going to be uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be their day. I'm I don't I don't honestly I don't think so. I don't think I think they're quite optimistic, but they're not that optimistic. And that uh, again, going back to the comment, if they lose this game, it doesn't matter. It's like even if we win it, this game, we'll get criticism uh, come what May I mean, Aguero will probably get criticised because he didn't walk enough, walk fast <laughs> enough. So you know, it's I, I I'm I'm honestly expecting a routine win. I hope so, anyway.
0: What do you think the score will be? I'm going
1: to go with the routine 3-0.
0: Thomas? Uh, 4-0. Wow, I'm the only person who thinks this is going to be tight. I've written down 1-0 PSG. I just think they might still be a wee bit shell-shocked following the, the, the Rennes result. And Toulouse, like we said, have always been quite good when they have travelled to the part of France. apart from, I think it was like a 6-2 win, for Paris Saint-Germain a couple of years ago. But apart from that, they've always been quite adventurous when they've played PSG. But yes, yeah, so everyone here thinks that PSG are going to win one way or another. Thomas, let's move on to Angers. How can Angers recover? 6-0, what happened? How, how did it end up at 6? <laughs>
1: um, it's uh, It was, as an Angers fan, it was probably the worst game I've seen um, Angers play especially defensively. Um, credit to Leon, they did they, they were they were good and um, they, they just dominated the ball um a lot of the game the whole time but there must have been a minimum of three goals where Angé just just gave them gave them up really. Um, Boutel in net had a, a shocking game. Uh, he had one one shot go through his legs, uh, another near post <laughs> shot from um, Dembele just fumbled through his hands. Uh, there was mistakes from Pavlović. He got turned like three times uh, by Depay for for I think the final goal. Uh, Tomar uh, giveaway uh, ball for I think the first goal. It was just a, a complete mess um, <laughs> defensively, uh, and it was it was um, Moulin came out in the in the press afterwards, and he's he's he said he wasn't that's he was half surprised um, that they lost like that to Lyon. Um, it looks like it hasn't been a great week in Angers, uh, especially with Ben um, Adelaide leaving. Uh, there's a bit of frustration around around his, his departure. Um, there was a cohesive agreement between uh, Moulin, uh, Piquet, the sporting director, and Chaban, the uh, chairman. They all were on the same sort of lines that he he might be leaving, and, and we'll accept that when it comes. But um, there's a lot of uh, sort of a wariness uh, around the club at the moment. Uh, it it was a, a loss from from the game. It would have been interesting to see how he, he played against Lyon. But then midfield, there was really. I mean, Santa Maria bless him. He he, <laughs> he, tra- he tries he tries his best every game, and he's he's a really good midfielder. But he he can't cover the sort of defensive liabilities of half of the squad, uh, <laughs> which is what, which is what he's, he's he sort of has been doing for, you know, uh, for the majority of uh, last season. Um, he's got two midfielders in front of him. Uh, Mongani and, and Pajot are, are both, well, Mongani's 32, Pajot's 29 now. Uh, Mongoni can't really defend. Um, he's not mobile at all. Pajo is an okay player, just okay. <laughs> it really needs some energy in, in that midfield and Moulin brought on three attackers uh I think when we were four nil five nil down <laughs> um and it was basically because we had no midfielders on the on the bench and um, so it's something really to look at and obviously we mentioned um Bobby Shaw uh coming in so that would be a good addition to the squad um it was a, I think a lot of people have of sort of overhyping Lyon's performance a little bit, they did play very very well and I'm impressed with how they've they've started the season, but they've played two teams in Monaco and Angers that didn't really want to play football against them, or just mm. played had a really terrible match um, so for, for Angers it's uh, it's a tricky time at the moment, but uh, you can trust Stéphane Moulin to, to, to bring them through really
0: is Bobichon the man to replace Adelaide?
1: It'll be more of a replacement for Mangani. Uh, Bobichon's a bit more of a creative player, uh, good at set pieces. Didn't get much of a chance at set pieces at Neem because you know, Um yeah. But it will be. Uh, it'll be more like a replacement for Mangani. Um So I, I, I'm looking at, uh, um, at hopefully somebody to come in with a bit more energy in that midfield. Um, really cause that's what that what really lacked uh, on the weekend um yeah that, that's a, a difficult one to to solve but i'm sure i'm sure pq will be looking at that and but more likely i would look at the defence cuz it's it's great having continuity uh, in the squad it's a very family club um a lot of the players have been there quite a while but it's getting to a point where they've progressing so much that they're starting to become really um Really liable uh, defensively, the organisation of of what Moulin's put in place has kept them, has kept them, as has, has kept us as a sort of a a strong, hard to break down team. But defend each of the individual players defensively are really quite poor. Um, yeah. So it's something that that the, the club looked probably looking at uh, to fix. But um, let's hope they, they get back on track really.
0: And you you mentioned Ludovic Battelle and the the blooper reel of a performance that he did have at yeah. age thirty six. I mean, he did have his highlights last season, but at age thirty six, should the club have seen this issue before the season even started and brought in a replacement?
1: Yeah, I would expect that the the sort of the blooper reel that you mentioned of Battelle, I would expect that probably as like a, a half season highlights or a season highlights for him, but <laughs> unfortunately, it was all in one game alone um they did bring in um uh, petkovic from uh, Lorient, who was their uh, sort of um uh, second first choice keeper sort of last season um i think one of the main reasons they brought him in is cuz his agent was the agent of uh, pavlovic so it seems like it was sort of an easy deal to get over the line um he's not really a keeper that impresses me much um andre were linked with uh, i think it was jerome prier who used to be at bordeaux and is now playing for Valenciennes in the second tier, and he's oh. had a really good start to his um, his career with Valenciennes. So uh, a bit of a missed opportunity because they do need to to look at that um, position eventually because Butal can't be there for for much longer. You know, he's thirty thirty seven, thirty six. Um, it's it's applicable to a lot of the squad, um, but with Angers, you'll you'll have sort uh, of recuperation and, and new players coming in, certainly.
0: Let's look at their opponents, Mets. Philip, Habib Diallo, he's been an absolute breath of fresh air to league has hasn't he? Already three goals stuck in the back of the net. Does he look like the player that Mets will just have to build everything around this season?
2: Um, we talked about Mets last, last week about being quite uh, threatening to a defence like Monaco's. Yeah. They don't have any midfield to, to defend the defence. <laughs> so to speak, I don't, I don't, no, I don't think uh, Abibouyo is, um, is is the main man. I think uh, there are a lot of uh, of players who can make things happen uh, up front for uh, for Ren. So you've got Nyan, you've got Obainget, and uh, you've got uh, Boulaya, and you've even got experience like Kourad and, and Gekpa behind to enable them to attack freely. Honestly, I mean, this is not the best type of league, you know? Let's not uh, kill ourselves, but it's it's very strong, and uh, I think I think they can, yeah, they can swap, they can change tactics, maybe play with two two up front, maybe uh, maybe uh, change to uh, to a back to a back three, if that's what they want to do. Um, but uh, you know, the guys the guys on three goals in two games, start of the season, so confidence must be high. Yeah, don't put him on the bench.
0: <laughs> do you think they have maybe slightly been glorified when you consider the the opponents that they have played? I mean, I think they sit fourth in the table at the moment with four points, but they've played a pretty calamitous Monaco side, as well as a very tired Strasbourg side mm. coming off of their Europa League exploits. Philip, do you think there will be tougher tests to come for Mets?
2: Actually, well, I do believe, hopefully, for Thomas, uh, that uh, this is a tougher test than than Monaco, uh, because uh, it's still it's still Angers. Um, we talked about how you know how having the same players for the last five years uh, was some kind of strength. When it's uh, when well, apparently what as, as what you were saying, Thomas, it was uh, it, it was uh, some kind of a weakness on Friday evening. Um, so I think, uh, yeah, they'll have to uh, work much harder uh, on Saturday. I think the game's on Saturday than against uh, than against Monaco, especially in midfield. In midfield, it'll be it'll be where the fight will be, and uh, and you know when Abou uh, will have will have that chance to score, he'll need to take it, and I don't think it will be as easy as against uh, as against Monaco. But I mean, they do have a good midfield too. I mean, they can, they can, they can uh, challenge Audrey in that department. So it's yeah, it's a real open game, really, or close one, depends. Yeah, depends what the midfielders want to do. Well,
0: what do you think the score will be?
2: I'm not going to say nil-nil because that's a bit negative. I'm going to say one-one.
1: <laughs> Thomas, going uh, we try and be optimistic and say one-one? <laughs> I think it's a game <laughs> that, that uh, I wish uh Tei was still at the club because he used to love playing against Mets. His first real breakout game was was against uh, Mets. He helped us stay up um a couple of seasons ago with, with a goal and assist against Mets. And I think the last added time of, of play. But yeah, I think of a a one all draw to get us a get us a point on the board. But yeah.
0: I'm going to say two one to Mets. i just really liked the look of Diallo and the, the step up to Lee Gun. He hasn't really looked that flustered. Uh, and I think he could grab another goal against Angie in this match. Let's move on to Dijon against Bordeaux. Bordeaux got their first point of the season, drawing 1-1 with Montpellier. I think I was maybe a little bit too harsh on Bordeaux last week and the week before when I was just saying about the situation they're in with Paulo Sousa and how it doesn't seem they can buy, like they can buy a win. But Bordeaux had the majority of the possession and four shots on target. Are these some more encouraging signs for Bordeaux fans? What do you think about this, Thomas?
1: Uh, it was more impressive than the loss to Angers, which was a bit of a mess for them. Uh, I think they were a little bit lucky um, against Montpellier that they, they almost did lose. But unfortunately, um, Suleiman camera uh, 's goal was ruled out just about for offside, yeah. which is a shame because we all love to see Suleiman Camera come on <laughs> and score, <laughs> score a goal from sub substitution. Uh, but it's a li- it was a little bit more... Uh, of a cohesive performance from, from Bordeaux. Um, obviously, Josh Madger scoring for them um, is is promising for, for himself and for the club. They hope there that they've got a, a striker that, that can give them a, a consistent uh, performance of, of, of getting goals and, and getting good chances. Um, so it's a little bit more uh, of a, a hopeful uh, performance from Bordeaux.
0: Philip, what do you think of the Lauren Casielni deal, and what did you make of his, his time at the club so far and his and his debut?
2: Um, I don't think the position was uh, that challenging to him. He's an experienced uh, he's an experienced uh, defender. Uh, first first game in Liga so since uh, what uh, seven, seven, eight, eight years maybe nine yeah. years. Um, no, I think uh, I think he'll, he'll do fine here. I think he'll do fine, but uh, that's not that's not really what uh, what, Bordeaux, what Bordeaux need. I mean uh finding a, a, a structured, strong physical centre back in, in Liga, I mean they've practically grown trees in this league. Uh but you know it's still it's still it's still a job that needs to be done. And uh I think Kushem will do fine. I think he'll he'll do fine most most of the time. Um he won't uh it's uh it's an expression we're saying. France uh, yeah, will have to for, force this talent to 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 be uh, to be more 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 talented than he actually is to uh, to be a success at Bordeaux. Um, no, I mean no offense to them, but they've had a very uh, very boring, very uh, plain uh, decade. I was going to say last couple of seasons, but decade. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I mean I don't think I don't think he has a lot of pressure, except maybe score from. Uh, Attacking set pieces with his head, which is not, which he's never been particularly good at. But and uh, yeah, try and not be injured too too often.
0: Yeah, I would quite well, like.
1: He's got, sorry, you were saying. Got five years to. He's got five years to uh, to carry on on a five year contract, which is a five year deal, mental. isn't it? <laughs> mental. Um, <laughs> I don't know who's thought of that, but yeah, they should probably uh, have a look in the mirror. Five oh,
0: oh, years, crazy. How old is Lauren Koscielny?
1: Let me remind it's myself. 30, 32, 33? And that's crazy. Uh, it's an injury record. That's... Yeah,
2: 33. Yeah, that's like, uh, I, mean, it's,
0: if I mean, it's okay. I, it I like I shape, but... offering
2: that Offerings up to Thiago Silva, and even then, you know, he's getting on a bit. But offering sent to Koscielny, it's, <laughs> especially when you're Bordeaux, when you don't have any money. Well, it's, I mean, you, you do, but you don't want to spend it.
1: It's, it's pretty strange. Yeah, I expect that in Angers, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not uh, Bordeaux doing it. Yeah, yes,
0: yeah, so that'd be quite interesting if he just went on and actually saw his contract. If they're expecting him to still be like their number he's, one, he's number never two centre
1: there's no way staying there for five years, <laughs>
0: 38. I don't know if they see him like doing something more at the club when he's older, going into coaching or something. I'm not sure what the situation is. I know that he came back to France to to what was it? Spend more time with family, I think, or he just wanted to kind of go home after his years at Arsenal, wasn't it? i thought that was the case um right let's talk. i don't really know where it was the guys from so i,
2: I don't know really. mm. maybe maybe they wanted some soda. i don't know just uh, maybe you just didn't like the food and it's not it's a nice place to live you can't you can't say it's a it's not a nice place to live bottle uh but so is london uh apart from that i just yeah mm. maybe
0: less pressure Pot- potentially potentially Let's talk about Dijon, Bordeaux's opponents. So Dijon have have lost both their opening matches, but they did have their chances against Toulouse. However, they are still to score from open play. I I was looking through their their team, Thomas, and I I saw that, you know, obviously Wesley Said and Naim Sleety, they've both gone now, but they offered such a direct style of play. Is that missing in this Dijon team? What do you think about this, Thomas?
1: Yeah, it it definitely is really. Um, like you said, Saeed and uh and Slity, uh, both gone. Uh they've lost uh Chanhun quan as well to Freiburg. There's just not a lot of 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 players are looking at that Dijon squad and, and sort of stand out really. Mm. Uh it, it doesn't look like a, a League on Squad. They've lost a lot of creativity. Uh, like you said, they've not scored from open play. Um Open play yet, and they've not really looked that inspiring uh, in any of the games. I hope I think they're hoping that there's somebody like Tavares, find uh, Mama Balde sort of hits the ground running, but it hasn't really happened as yet.
0: Yeah, they do have they do still have big Julio Tavares just just holding it up front, but if they don't get enough chances to him, I mean, nothing's going to come of that. I am quite worried for Dijon and I just think if that doesn't get sorted between now and the end of the window, they could be seeing them finish one place or maybe two places below where they finished last season in 18th. I think they could actually go down if if the situation just doesn't get sorted up front. They've just got not a lot going for them. Which is why I've actually predicted this game to finish nil nil. Thomas, how do you think this is going to finish? You know, do you think they have enough to score against Bordeaux? Is this Bordeaux defense got enough about it to to keep it tight against Dijon?
1: Yeah, I think that Bordeaux might keep a clean sheet, but not to uh, to the sort of uh, the good of their defense. Probably just because Dijon can't get, get anything past uh, into well, any chances really. Um, so I think probably a Bordeaux one 0 win. Philip.
2: Yeah, same. I think that, that uh, Dijon don't have um, uh, lo- lost a lot of, uh, let's say, um, penetration from the wings when they sold Slity. He, he was very. Um, uh, he he did say something to the press about that, saying that uh, that they weren't uh, they, they weren't really encouraging as a wingers to to attack. It was very defensive. Well, we we already knew that, but basically, City telling con- confirming us that. that, that, that Uh, Ligue 1 is still very, uh, very, very close in terms of uh, attacking sweat. And anyway, just honestly, I can't see digital score like you two. So I'm going to say 1-0 to Bordeaux.
0: Okay, perfect. And let's
2: be be artistic.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go on to the last match of the episode. Let's cover Amiens versus Nantes first thing I need to, you need to say about this Amiens team is that, you know, they might not be the most impressive in many ways. But if you look at their front four of, of Samad Godos, now Gael Kakuta back at the club, Serhu Girassi and Shadrach Akolo. Also, Musa Kanati when he gets back to being fit. It's quite the exciting front four for Amiens, isn't it? And that really showed against Lille. I mean, they, they did. They were up against it for much of the match, purely just because of Lille's quality. But they got the one nil win. Thomas, do you think this this front four going forward could turn into quite the force?
1: It, yeah, it does look impressive. Um, I was really uh, happy to see Kakuta back in back in uh, in Liga. He was their really key player um, two seasons ago that, that kept them up. Um, he was, he was sort of the main man for them and probably I mean, one of the most underrated signings uh, of that season. Um, he, he, he was everything really, he was uh, creating from set pieces. He was creating from a deep midfield, the field. Um, he was getting past players, um, you know, uh, breaking, breaking through. Um, as well, And he's got a, a sort of a better attacking lineup around him uh, than, than, he, than he did have two years ago. Um, so it looks impressive. Um, hopefully, Konate can get back to some good form. Um, but like you said, they've got uh Guassi in there as well, who's who's quite uh, a solid, a solid striker. So it does look impressive for Amion, actually.
0: Philip, what do you think about this attacking setup that Amion have, and what do you think about the Gael Kakuta signing him returning to France?
2: It's good. I mean, they did beat Lille, who were uh, almost the best team in the country last season. Um, so, yeah. Um, the, uh, the the club, the way it's managed, very uh, shall, shall we say cautious approach to uh, to staying in uh, to staying in the league, and uh, and I think I think they've got they've got the the right structure. They kept they, they kept the goalkeepers, they kept the defenders, they added they added Christophe Jallet uh, as a, as right back. That's a great that's a huge coup. Uh, for them, Akulu is, a, is is an experienced player. Uh, so is so is Kakuta, uh, and the attack seems to be seems to be flourishing. So it really seems seems to me like this club is is saying, well, try and beat us, and you'll see that it's not that easy. And they they proved, they've proved it. I mean, Nice Nice struggled. Nice who who did win their their both both games of uh, of uh, of the start of the season. And uh, a bit Lille. so it's uh, yeah, it's paying dividends. It's it's like it's it's uh, quite a uh, I say a cocky way of saying it, but uh, it's um, yeah, it's working.
0: What do you think of at Elsner so far at Amion?
1: Yeah, it's been fairly impressive. Um, I, I think I tipped Amion to to struggle and and maybe go down, but um, with with uh, Kakuta coming in and and hopefully some some players finding form, uh, Elsner's. Um, He's he's come from obscurity really, but he could be a, another sort of a pick for um, another good coach, young coach coming through at, at league on, which has been a trend recently.
0: And at Nant, also a new coach. There's Christian Gurkouf has returned to League One. Do you think this is the right appointment for Nant, or is this quite you know a, a rather boring one with him coming from a money league in, in Saudi Arabia? What do you think about this, Philip?
2: I think it's the only one. I think a lot of people do not like uh, hate Valdemarquita. Uh, that's a lot of people hate him for um, uh, getting rid of managers of uh, not uh, not giving enough money. And once the manager shows ambition, uh, basically Kita tells him tells him to shove it. Um, and that's uh, that's the uh, that's the reality in a lot of the clubs. But you would expect uh, someone of not budget to be a bit more adventurous on the uh, on the market. And um, now he got yeah he he got a perfectly good manager, uh, experienced manager in terms of Intelligaga. he's also um, coached international sides in Africa. And um, it's it's quite yeah, it's quite plain. It's quite plain this this disappointment, uh, this but it'll work. it'll work because because the squads not not too bad. And that, uh, as a manager, knows how to keep uh, a team afloat. Not saying that they're going to have a great season. It doesn't because it doesn't look like it. I've I've seen I've seen loads of loads of comments about uh, about uh, not players dreaming to play for Marseille right after they do nil nil against uh, against Marseille in a pathetic game. It was it was a really horrible game to watch with yeah. Benedetto hitting his penalty uh, in, <laughs> on, on the moon. It it was it was really it was really really bad, and. Yeah, but I, I think I think the fans are, you know, are more unkeen on, on kita and are sympathetic towards gorkuf There was, I think, I think there there were a few polls on Twitter saying uh, how how long until kita uh, sacks gorkuf But not sacking because of the bad results. Sacking because because he won't be able to do anything with uh, with with the squad because he won't have won't have money to
0: spend. Yeah, what do you think about the Gurkuf appointment, Thomas?
1: Yeah, uh, like Phil said, it's just a bit plain, it sort of sums up uh Not at the moment. Um and and with with a, a lack of a squad, I do worry if they do if they lose um uh, Valentin, uh, Rogier, he looks like there was a lot of talk recently, especially after the Marseille game who he was who might have been um picked up by Marseille with whatever money they do have. <laughs> um that is that is a, a big worry for me really in that Norton field. He's been that such a crucial player for, for seasons upon seasons really um, he, he started off as sort of an Angolo uh, Kante, Kante sort of player um, breaking up a lot of play and then as I think it was when Cardoso came in last season he's, he advanced his position a little bit more into a 10 or a, a reserve, reserve 10 um, where he's been much much more creative he's, he's a really uh, well rounded player um, and and uh, is, is crucial to how the Nantes midfield, uh, midfield operates. So it, it's going to be a concern if he leaves, but Goku will just make them really boring and get them over the line, really.
0: Yeah, do you think if Rangier does leave between now and, and the match against Amiens, Nantes could suffer as a result? This is recording on the on the 21st of August, so considering, let's say, he does move to Marseille in the next few days, do you think that could greatly affect Nantes' performance against Amiens?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I, think, I think it might be. Uh, it, it probably might be a bit of a boring game. Um, I don't see either teams creating lots of chances, but um, I'm sure Goku would make not a bit uh, a bit more astute defensively. Yeah. Uh, so it should be a quite a, a boring game, but I think Amiens might just might just uh, get the better of them.
0: So let's assume that Ronji does stay at, at, at nonce for this match. Thomas, what do you think the score will be?
1: Uh, Amiel,
0: 1-0. Philip? Hmm, will not score.
2: I don't think so. <laughs> uh, yeah, 1-0, same. Sorry,
1: not very exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's a shame he lost Coco to that, that horrific injury. Uh, I think it was the first mm-hmm. game, wasn't it? That that was a real shame. Yeah, um, they lost him.
0: He'd only just signed from Gangop, hadn't he? Yeah,
1: it was. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, yeah, just signed from from gang up and he's been one of them players in league on for quite a while. That's just not really stepped up. Uh, Saying this, we're not we're not bench.
2: actually worried about not going down, are we?
1: Uh, I'm slightly concerned if they lose if they lose Rangier, Yeah, or on Toro maybe, mm. but probably. I think there's worse teams than them, really, and yeah. I'm sure Gorkov could um, would wouldn't really let them get that that far uh, yeah. down the league. Yeah, or, you
2: know, he'll get sacked. Or he'll get sacked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> always a possibility. It's if he can a stay,
2: it's a win-win win situation season. for him. It's a win-win situation for him. I mean, if he I mean, he he won't get uh, he won't get sacked if things turn too bad. And if things aren't that bad, he'll, he'll stay.
0: Yeah, make get a nice little payoff at the end of it. I think so, yeah. I'm going to agree with both your predictions and say 1-0 Amion as well. I, I just think that attacking four, they actually do have quite a good first 11 Amion when, when you start looking at it. You know, with those four in front, but also Blin and Yahore just behind them. I do quite like the look of this Amion team. It's actually shaping up quite well. But let's wrap it up there. Thank you very much for listening. You can find more information about all things French football if you go to the website at getfootballnewsfrance.com and you can also find us on Twitter at GFFN. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week.